Today we're going to learn a fascinating area of halacha. It has to do with an area of tafshinah which you prepare in order to be able to cook on yontav for Shabbos and how that compares to the area of chatzeros which we use in order to be able to carry within a particular area that derabonim we would not be allowed to carry. Now the food that is designated for either Erev is eaten at some point and we'll notice a nuance in the difference between when they are eaten, specifically in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch. We're going to explore why the Alter Rebbe makes that distinction because it turns out that there are two completely different approaches to understanding what an Erev Tavshinin does and that teaches us two different approaches in our Avodah Hashem represented broadly by the difference between Shabbos and Yom Tov. So Erev Tavshinin is the Din the halacha about Erev Tavshinin is as bald Shabbos that as soon as we've prepared all of the food that we need for Shabbos, Megman Ufes and Erev were already allowed to eat the food that was designated for the Erev Tavshinin. Nachin and Tok von even if it's still Yantiv and Shabbos hasn't started. That's what we're allowed to do. But what do we do in practice? We'll see two of the leading opinions in Minag Ashkenaz say differently. Shteit Abim Maharil is the first one. Azerot Eingefirt, his custom was Laniach Kikor Erev Tavshinin, Lechem Mishnah. What he would do is he would keep the bread used for the Erev Tavshin and use it as part of the Lechem Mishnah on Friday night. And then, part of the, <coughs> the Lechem Mishnah the following day, and then he would actually eat it at the third meal on Shabbos afternoon. There's the second opinion. So the Maharshal says, really, by rights, the food of the Erev Tavshilin should last into Shabbos, so you shouldn't eat it before Shabbos. And even though you could technically eat it on Friday night, I mean, he quotes, he quotes the Maharami Rottenberg, of course, one of the leading Ashkenazi halachists, that the that you keep the bread under the Lechem Mishnah on Friday night, and on Shabbos day, and at Sudosh Lishis, then that's actually when the Maharam would eat the bread from the Erev Tavshilin. And the reason he gives is because it was already used, this bread was used for a mitzvah to make an Erev Tavshilin. It is appropriate to keep it for other mitzvahs, and Sudosh Lishis. So that's the, both the Maharil and the Maharam. Now the Al-Tarebbe says something which seems identical. The Al-Tarebbe brings up the Minig in Shulchan Aruch. The Al-Tarebbe quotes us in his Shulchan Aruch and says, V'zele Shonai, Lechatchila, Adili, Tzorich, Shiyu, Apas, V'atav, Shul, Shumurim, Etzloi, Adlach, Hashetikin, Kol, Tzorich, Shabbos. The food that you designate as Erev Tavshilin should remain intact until you have made all the necessary preparations for Shabbos. That's ideal. Or Mitzvah Mina Muvchar, even better than that, even better than that is to retain the bread of the Erev Tavshin and to use in one of the three meals as part of the Lechem Mishnah. As the Maharam said, anything that was already used for a mitzvah, ideally you should use it for, or it's appropriate to use it for another mitzvah. But then he says further, again, and some people have the minag, so there's lechatchila, to keep it until Shabbos, mitzvah minam muvchar, to use it as part of the lechem mishnah, and then yeshnoi again, there's a minag, sheloliv tseolavat sudu gimel shal Shabbos, that you don't use the bread of the Erev Tavshinin until the third Sud on Shabbos. Kedai lasis by mitzvahs harbei to use it for many mitzvahs shemanichin zeakikol lechem mishnah b'sudah harishayna b'sudah shniyah shal Shabbos that you use it for lechem mishnah twice on Friday night and Shabbos morning and then over sudah shlishis boitzin alav and then you actually use it to eat at the third Sudah. Okay, so now where, where does this come from? How do we know that there's a value in keeping the food from the Erev Tavshinin into Shabbos and eating it on Shabbos? 
So the Mokaf and the Svara, the root, the source of this is, the thinking that says, once you've used something ready for a mitzvah, in this case, Erev Tavshilin, it's ideal then to use it for other mitzvahs as well, like Lechem Mishnah and a Shabbos meal. Where do we learn that from? Is in Gemara. Something Gemara Brochus tells us, but that's talking about by Eruve Chatzeros, a slightly different kind of Eruv, the Eruv you use to be able to carry in a, an area of a whole lot of private homes. There the Gemara says, Rav Ami Rav Asi So Rav Ami and Rav Asi had the tradition that when they had access to the bread of the Erev Chatzeros, everybody asked them the Eruv Chatzeros, as Rashi tells us, the bread that was used to make the Erev Chatzeros, they would they would use it as an opportunity on Shabbos to say the Baruch HaMoytzi, and they said, Amri, seeing as it was used for one mitzvah, let's use it for another mitzvah. So there we have the precedent that generally something used for a mitzvah should be used for more mitzvahs, and the precedent Precedent comes from a very similar halacha, Eruv. Now you're going to see that the, Maharal, the Maharil says something similar. And so does the Maharshal. Look what the Maharil says about the bread used for Eruv Chatzeres. Same thing. He uses that bread as part of the Lechem Mishnah on Friday night and Shabbos morning. And technically, he says, you could eat that bread already on the Friday night meal. But it's ideal to increase how many mitzvahs you do with it. And therefore, practically, so therefore, the Maharil did what? He kept the bread of the Erev Chatzeros to be part of the Sudash like Erev Tavshilin. The Marshal says the same thing. The same minag that he quoted about Erev Tavshilin applies to the bread of Erev Chatzeros. Keep it for the third meal. After we have already used it for Lechem Mishnah in the, pro, the two preceding Sudas, V by Erev Tavshilin, exactly like Erev Tavshilin. So the Maharil and the Maharshal are consistent in how they believe they were supposed to behave with the bread of Erev Tavshilin and Erev Chatzeros. The Altarebbe does not apply the same consistency. But by dem din brengt al Altarebbe, when it comes to Erev Chatzeros, there the Altarebbe says something differently. No de psak halacha von Ramo, he only quotes the halacha as is brought in the Ramo, which is, You should use the bread of the Erev Chatzeros for your Lechem Mishnah in the daytime meal. Because if it's already been used for a mitzvah, the Erev, you should keep it for another mitzvah, the Lechem Mishnah of the daytime meal. And he does not say that there's a value in keeping it specifically for the third meal in order to have many mitzvahs. If that's the case, we have to understand. Seeing as both the Maharil and the Maharshal both say the same minag applies to Eruv Chatzeros and to Eruv Tavshilin. In other words, in both cases, you keep the bread ideally until Sudash Lishis. And Havos brings the Alter Rebbe, the minag nor by Eruv Tavshilin. So why then does the Alter Rebbe only say that when it's Eruv Tavshilin around Yontav time, then it is appropriate to keep the bread of the Eruv Tavshilin until the Sudash Lishis on Shabbos, and not Eruv Chatzeros? Especially if you think the logic behind it is, if something is used for a mitzvah, use it for more mitzvahs. 
is not only logically applied to both of them, but it's something we learn from Erev Chatzeros. So the principle of using the same mitzvah item for multiple mitzvahs is learned from Erev Chatzeros, and that's Dafka the one the Alter Rebbe does not say that we should use for multiple mitzvahs. Why not? In order to, to answer this, we actually have to address another question, a lurking question over here, which is quite a big question. Why are we suggesting that there's an advantage to keeping bread until the third meal in order to increase mitzvah? What's the logical flaw in this? In der Stadt zwei Sudus von Shabbos ist doch der aggressive Shivas wenn der Sudus schließt. Because we all know that the first two meals of Shabbos are definitely more significant than the third meal of Shabbos. And we'll prove this halachically because like Kamadeya staff man it haben kann eine Mishnah bei der Sudus schließt. Many halachic authorities say that for the third meal of Shabbos, unlike the preceding two, you don't have to have two loaves of challah. You don't need Lecha Mishnah implying it's a lesser meal. Not only that, noch mehr. Andere halten als die Sudeschlisches darf bechal nicht haben kein Pass. There are halachic authorities that say that Sudeschlisches doesn't need bread at all. Und sie ist genug, dass Michael mit Hamesh zusammen in ihm kommt. You can have Mesoinus. Bis als es seine Freunde ist, als Mesoinus zu sein, die Sudeschlisches mit Peres bechulay. In fact, there's an even more extreme opinion that says just eating fruit is sufficient for the third meal. So therefore, it's not It doesn't really seem to make sense then. If the third meal doesn't need bread, why would there be a suggestion to keep the bread of Erev Tavshilin and according to the Maharil and the Marashal Erev Echatzeros? Why keep it until the third meal Dafka in order to Dafka say the brocha over it? If we now see that eating bread at the third meal is not as valuable as eating bread at the first two meals, it may not be required at all. Surely the logic should have been dafka to use the bread of the Erev at the daytime meal. Then not only would we have done the mitzvah of Lecha Mishnah with a mitzvah bread twice, but then eating the bread would itself be a mitzvah because there's a Sudas Shabbos mitzvah. And it's a Suda that everybody agrees you have to eat bread. So eating the bread would be an additional mitzvah. Now, Mechanic Zogan can't say as does, and to try and answer this, as does it's libdem was demolt tutmen beim kikra dritte mitzvah. So let's not fall into the trap of believing that eating bread at Suda Shlishis is now a third independent mitzvah. Birchas ha-moitzi by the Suda Shlishis because he's saying the bracha ha-moitzi lechem in And as if that's a mitzvah on its own. It isn't. Von verbaldas by the Suda Shlishis is the kamadeus nitod dechiu from pas. As we've illustrated, there are many halachic authorities who say you don't have to have bread at the Suda Shlishis. Is in the employees to brichas hamoitzi abrichas hanenin. Then saying hamoitzi lechem in oritz over that bread only fulfills the requirement to say a bracha over anything we benefit from. Well, if that's what you're getting out of the Suda Shlishis, guess what? When you made Lecha Mishnah out of it, in the second Suda, you'd actually have more mitzvahs. Because you'd have the mitzvah of saying the brocha over the bread, which is equal both in the afternoon and in the morning. Plus, you'd have the mitzvah of eating a Suda Shabbos, which requires bread, which is only in the morning. So why would there be any suggestion to think that there's a value in having the bread of the Erev Dafka last you and eating it Dafka at the third meal? 
So in order to understand that, we have to dig deep in and see that there are two views as to why we make an Erev Tavshilin in the first place. So the beer and then explanation is in Gemara, in the Gemara Beitza, where the, the Iker discussion around Erev Tavshilin happens. There are two opinions about <coughs> why we made an Erev Tavshilin. And on examination, we're going to see that they're, they're very different and possibly even opposites. Aleph Rava Zokt, first you have the opinion of Rava who says the purpose of the Erev Tavshilin is to ensure that you have a decent serving of food on Shabbos as you have on Yontif, which means a Pirishashi. The fact that you're making an Erev while it is going into Yontif preparation, that will help you remember Shabbos, even though it might at this point be Wednesday, or if it's a, in Eretz Yisrael, it will be Thursday. You'll still remember Shabbos. You won't use up all of your ingredients only to prepare Yom to food and leave Shabbos an orphan. So if you go with Rabbi's logic, then to use the language of the Alter Rebbe, Rabbi's intention or explanation of the intention of Erev Tavshilin is to guarantee the honor of Shabbos. As opposed to Rav Ashi. Rav Ashi, Yom HaKadosh Yomru, Ein Oifem Yontav the Shabbos. Rav Ashi says the whole reason we make an Erev Tavshilin is to make sure that people know that you can't cook on Yomtev for Shabbos and then you'll understand that you certainly cannot prepare food on Yomtev for the weekday. On Loitim is the time that the Habas Yomtev and therefore again to borrow the language of the Alter Rebbe, Rav Ashi's opinion is the Erev Tavshilin preserves the dignity of Yomtev that it shouldn't be abused as a preparation day for the week. Now, there'll be practical halachic differences between the views of Rava and Rav Ashi, particularly ar- around how early can you make your Erev Tavshilin. The Rosh offers one of the possible halachic differences between these two views. If you go with Rava's attitude and approach, which is that your focus is make sure you still have a decent menu for Shabbos. If the mo- focus is when you're preparing Yontav, make sure you're conscious of Shabbos, then the only time to make the Erev Tavshilin is on Erev Yomtev. While you are on that day that you're preparing for Yomtev, on the Erev Vetim Demonon in the Shabbos, then you need an activity called the Erev to remind you to make sure that you're also looking after Shabbos. Because if theoretically you made the Erev an earlier day or a couple of days earlier, that would not be in your face to ensure that when you're preparing for Yantav, you will actually keep Shabbos in mind as well. Whereas if you go with Ravashi's view, which is that it is a reminder that you can't cook on, Sh- on Yom Tov for Shabbos, therefore definitely not from Yom Tov to the weekday, is then I just need to have the Erev sitting there as the reminder on Erev Yom Tov. But theoretically I could have prepared the Erev days in advance. Now here's where it starts to get very interesting. The Alter Rebbe quotes both of these explanations, Rava and Ravashi in the Shulchan Aruch, but as we're about to see, he reverses the order. First, he tells us, the first reason for an area of Tavshilin is to guarantee the dignity of Yom Tov, i.e. that you remember that you can't use Yom Tov as your preparation day for after Yom Tov. And then, Habe is the second explanation, that it is also, additionally, to add value to Shabbos, that people remember that Shabbos should not be overlooked in all the frenzy of Yom Tov preparation. 
Now, metayben damot nafkim is nafkim in a aloha. Then the the the, the also quotes the practical halachic difference we've just noted whether you can make it in advance or not. On firt ois, and then he says this: lingen meise practically ein laorav lechatchila ella beerev yontav mamish leyontav zebilvad. Practically, you should make your your erev tavshilin erev yontav for this yontav only. In other words, if it's like sukkas, for example, not for shminiatzeres. Commotion is boiled fitama base aligned with the second explanation, which is to be conscious of Shabbos. But what if you didn't do that? That you made the Erev already a few days in advance, and you forgot to do it on the day of Erev Yontav. Paskins, that the person can rely on the fact that they made an Erev a few days earlier, it's not ideal, but it covers them. Dos haste, in other words, Altrebus, telling us as Lichatkile Dafman Zichno Exan to Bavorn, Euch dem Tan, Kadeshi Evron, Mono Yofele Shabbos, Kulay. What's Altrebus telling us? Ideally, the way you construct your Erev Tafshinin should be to keep your consciousness of the value and importance of Shabbos. But if you missed that and your Erev only preserves the dignity of Yontov, it is also okay. Let's drill this down deeper. The Chirik Zwischen die zwei Time is not no Tzi die Takone Slib Yontov or Slib Shabbos. So it's not just simply as, okay, are we focused on protecting Shabbos, Rava's view, or are we protecting Yom Tov, Ravashi's view? Where actually the distinction over here is a whole different perspective on what the concept of Erev Tavshin is all about. Leuten Tam von Rav Ashi, Rav Ashi's focus is, is that Shlila. The whole reason we have it an Erev Tavshin is to avoid something inappropriate. And that is in Tzvei Pratim. There's two things that are necessary in order for this avoidance to happen, or two things we have to be conscious of. First of all, we have to avoid something which is forbidden. Preparing on Yom Tov for after Yom Tov. Shlili, something which is negative. We have to make sure we protect people that they don't accidentally make the mistake of preparing food on Yom Tov till after Yom Tov, which is not allowed. So what's Rav Ashi's consciousness? Let's keep people from doing something wrong. On their fire, because we're looking for something negative, let's stay away from a mistake. How do we apply it? We apply it by making something else that you can't do. You can't prepare on Yom Tov for Shabbos. Unless you make an area of Tavshin, which basically means you've started the Shabbos preparation already before Yom Tov comes in. So Ravash's entire perspective on area of Tavshin is that it is for the purpose of avoidance and therefore it is instituted in a way that it avoids something. Avoid cooking on Yom Tov for the week. And how do you institute an area of Tavshin? You avoid cooking on Yom Tov for Shabbos. Rava's approach is complete opposite. The entire purpose of Erev Tavshilin is to endorse something positive. And in both steps that we've just identified by Ravashi. First of all, what's the purpose? The first positive thing is you ensure that your preparation for Shabbos is proper, that Shabbos is given the attention it deserves. That you make sure you have a good menu for Shabbos too. And therefore, because the purpose is to endorse Shabbos of a male base, as the ikata konis does a vekleg in the erev, was the mantem chivtsam mechen sein ditzorchi Shabbos. Therefore, how do you do it? Not by stopping an activity, but by creating something, an erev, which you will place in your home as the sign of remembering and honoring Shabbos.
Und hat der Rabbit Yusuf von Bisham Yontel Shabbat Simon macht für den Meirev. And therefore, from Rabbah's perspective, the prohibition against cooking onion to four Shabbos without an Erev is not to verstärken die Takone von Achol und Le Shabbos geht der Boy, is only to make sure that you prepare properly for Shabbos, not because we're afraid that you'll be disrespectful to Yontav. So, Pisa wird sein Verstandig noch ein Now that we have this information, that Rava is coming from the perspective that the entire purpose of Erev Tavshilin is to do something positive to endorse the dignity and power of Shabbos. And Rav Ashi's entire approach is that it's coming to avoid failure in an area with regards to Yontav. With that in mind, we'll understand another whole piece of the puzzle of Erev Tavshilin, which is like this. The Gemara brings two smachtes from Pasuk Din from Erev Tavshilin. The Gemara quotes two possible sources in the Torah that would support the concept of Erev Tavshilin. Of course, it's not ex explicit in the Torah because it's Dirabana. Aleph, the one is Amar Shmuel de Amar Kral. Shmuel says, where's the support for Erev Tavshilin? Because the Pasuk tell, tells us, that you have to remember Shabbos to sanctify it, which he interprets to mean, you have to remember it because there's certain circumstances where you might forget Shabbos, like if Shabbos coincides with Yom Tov, you might get caught up in Yom Tov and overlook Shabbos. That's the one opinion. The other opinion is that the Gemara says the Tana learned it from a Pasuk, which is actually in our parasha. That which you will cook, bake, you should bake. And that which you will cook, you should cook. Okay. From here, Rabbi Yezah learned you can't bake if it's Yom Tov. For Shabbos, unless he already had something that was baked before. That gave support to the Takonas Chachomim of Erev Tavshinim, which is Dirabonon. Now, Shmuel's opinion, which is that Shabbos is telling us you have to remember Shabbos in a situation where you may be uh, liable to forget it, is Rashi Meforish. Rashi says, When is that? When Yantav is on a Friday, it's quite possible that you'll overlook Shabbos because of Yantav, because you're so busy making the big fancy Yantav Sudas that we tend to make. And you won't leave enough to give Shabbos its appropriate honor. Therefore, the Torah warns you that you better remember Shabbos. When you make an Erev Tavshinin, you're remembering Shabbos. Now here is the part we have to pay attention to. Because what's in Pesh Rashi's move and the way Rashi describes it is as the Asmachta of Apostle Zohar Shema Shabbos the Kadjoy, the whole basis for an Erev Tavshinin that Shmuel quotes from the Pasuk, remember Shabbos when it might be forgotten, is not letting time for Rava only works according to Rava's opinion because Rava says the whole purpose of an area of Tavshilin is to remember Shabbos in a situation where you may forget it. Now this is strange because for the Chayrez Nitmuvan doesn't seem to make sense. The Gemara bring Beide Taimen. The Gemara quotes both opinions from Rava and Rava Ashi when straight after telling us that this is the Pasuk that supports the concept of an Erev Tavshilin. Now Rashi has just illustrated to us that this Pasuk works according to Rava's view. And the Tzvei Tasmachta bring the Gemara Eshnochen Arab bring him by the time of Rav and Ravashi. 
So isn't this interesting? The Gemara gives us this Pasuk and Shmuel's interpretation that means if there's a situation where you may forget Shabbos, you have to make an effort to remember it. Therefore, we have support for the concept of an area of Tafshidin. Then the Gemara gives us Rava's opinion, which works perfectly with that. Then Ravashi's opinion, which doesn't. And only after that brings us Rabbi Eliezer's opinion. And Ravos Nemton Rashi. So if Rashi sees that is the basis for an area of Tafshilin, and that's presented in the Gemara right in proximity of both Rava and Rabbi Eliezer's opinion, how does Rashi say so simply an explanation which seems to fit only with Rava's opinion? Based on what we have already explained, we'll get to understand how he knows this. Rabbi Eliezer's interpretation of how we have support in the Torah for the Takanas Chachomim of an Erev Tafshilin is aligned with the approach of avoidance, avoiding something negative. As his language says, you cannot bake unless you have already baked from before. In other words, we are forbidden to cook on Yom Tov for Shabbos, unless you already have pre-prepared food for Shabbos from the day before Shabbos. So from the day before Yom Tov. Whereas is talking in a positive language. We have to do something to remember, to endorse Shabbos. That's why Rashi can so simply tell us that Shmuel's opinion that the Pasuk Zohar Sema Shabbos Lekadjoy is the one that endorses an Erev is like in time for Rava. That fits with Rava's opinion. As it a corner for an Erev Tavshilin is an Inyan Chiyuvi who says that the entire purpose of an Erev Tavshilin is to endorse and create something positive. Which is that you'll make sure you have a good menu for Shabbos. Okay, so now that we have this information, we'll be able to work our way back to understanding how the Alter Rebbe says things. We have Rav's opinion clearly. Why is there an Erev Tafshilin? To endorse Shabbos in a positive way. Ensure that Shabbos is not overlooked. That Shabbos is given its fair place in society. If the purpose of an Erev Tafshilin is to endorse Shabbos, then there's a logical reason to keep that Erev Tafshilin when it is already Shabbos. Because what's its purpose? To endorse Shabbos, to augment Shabbos. So keep it there for Shabbos. Because, okay, Erev Shabbos. We've now finished our preparations for Shabbos. And therefore, we have now, as we've, uh, we've sorted out the possible problem of forgetting Shabbos. Because we're not going to forget Shabbos now. We've done everything for Shabbos. We've done what we had to. So we don't have to worry that you might, might not leave enough to give Shabbos its honor. You're not going to use up all your ingredients for Yontov. That whole shash is gone. Which is why technically you could eat Erev Tavshilin because it's done its job. It's ensured we didn't overlook Shabbos. So even though we could eat Erev Tavshilin, because as Rava tells us, 
The purpose of an Erev Tafshilin is to bring a positive endorsement for Shabbos. Then there's logic to say, well, keep that, pos- that positivity going through Shabbos. Keep that endorsement alive on Shabbos. Which would be the simplest interpretation of remember Shabbos to sanctify it. Which usually means remember Shabbos on Shabbos. So if Shmuel's asmachta to the concept of Erev Tavshilin is from a Pasuk where before we read about an Erev Tavshilin we always understood was about remembering Shabbos on Shabbos and now we're applying that Pasuk also to an Erev Tavshilin and with the perspective that it's there to make Shabbos stronger or greater well then it makes perfect sense that the Erev Tavshilin which symbolizes this should be on Shabbos too. The signal Acher to put this into different words, this is a Shabbos that stands to possibly be overlooked. The mitzvah to remember Shabbos on this Shabbos is mitatayis needs extra emphasis as does zolich zaindur chenayir tafshilin b'shabbos and how do you emphasize it more by having the erev tafshilin sitting there in your house in full view on Shabbos. That would explain what the Mariel tells us. That it's good to keep from Yantav to Shabbos, to halt in them Erev the Shabbos, to keep the Erev that you made before Yantav and you needed it for Yantav, but to keep it now on Shabbos. The way the Mariel says there's a value in keeping the Erev for Shabbos. And then besides that, there's another thing that once you've done a mitzvah over something, you should do more mitzvahs. But there's, a, there's an inherent value in keeping Shabbos, in, in, sorry, in keeping the, the Erev Tavshinim for Shabbos. You'll see this even more clearly in a more... Um, in, in the, the um, Minhagim of the Marat Tirna, where he says, that you, you should dafka keep the Erev Tol Shabbos comes in. According to Rabbah's logic, this makes perfect sense. It's just halten dem Erev. Erev Shabbos, ahi sofen dem zachreuf and Erev Tavshilin. Keeping the Erev Tavshilin into Shabbos only heightens the concept of remembering Shabbos. With all of that information, we can understand how the Alter Rebbe's choice of words in his Shulchan Aruch is so precise and why it distinguishes between Erev Tavshilin and Erev Echatzeris. By Erev Echatzeris Shaibter, when he speaks about Erev Echatzeris, he writes as follows, In order to fulfill the mitzvah of Erev, Tavshi, Erev Echatzeris, the Erev only has to survive into the Bein Hashmosh's twilight period of Friday evening. And then, there's a, it would be nice, it would be good to keep it for Lecha Mishnah in your meal on Shabbos day. Because of the logic which says, when bread has been used for a mitzvah, it's good to use it then for further mitzvahs. So you used it for the mitzvah, now use it for the mitzvah of Lecha Mishnah. Following the way that the Alter Rebbe presents us, we get as the Hidur from Shabbos that the Hidur, the preference of using that bread for your Lechem Mishnah on Shabbos morning, 
has nothing to do with what the halachic definition of an Erev Chatzeris is. Now, it's a complete side issue. It's a complete side issue. Which is, seeing as you used it for a mitzvah, use it for another mitzvah. But there's nothing inherent about an Erev Chatzeris that makes you want to have the Dafka habit on Shabbos Day. But Erev Tavshin is a completely different perspective, a completely different objective. Therefore, he says specifically, the, the most important thing is that you have to make sure that the Erev Tavshin survives until you have prepared the food for Shabbos on Yom Tev. And then, and then as far as the straightforward bare bones of the law are concerned, if you've prepared all the food for Shabbos, you may now eat the Erev Tavshin even if it's still Yom Tev. Even though you can, mitzvah mina mufchar, that same mitzvah of Erev Tavshinin, when it is done in the best way possible, would be the ideal way to do the mitzvah of Erev Tavshinin would be to keep that bread for one of the Sudas of Shabbos. He doesn't say that. If you used it for a mitzvah, now use it for a mitzvah. He's saying it's mitzvah minamuvchar of the mitzvah of Erev Tavshilin to keep it into Shabbos. And then he had Shekel Dovish and asked mitzvah achas, or mitzvah acheres, that there's also a value once you've used something for a mitzvah to use it again for a mitzvah. Following the precision of the Alter Rebbe's language, you can understand the fact that people wait until it's one of the Shabbos meals to eat the bread of the Eid of Tavshilin is not just some kind of sidebar issue but it's actually the higher grade version of the mitzvah of Eid of Tavshilin. Why would that be? Well, the analysis is moving. We understand why it will be. By using the food of the Erev Tavshilin practically for food of Shabbos, you're doing a far better job of remembering and valuing Shabbos even at a time where Shabbos might have been overlooked. That's why the Alter Rebbe says over here in Erev Tavshilin, the ideal mitzvah is to wait to use it as part of the, the, the meals on Shabbos. Because the Alter Rebbe, even though he brings it as the second view, Rav's view is the second view, ideally he wants us to follow Rav's view i.e. to do the Erev Tavshilin in such a way that endorses Shabbos. If you only keep the Erev Tavshilin until you've cooked all of the food on, on, on Yom Tev and then you eat it, that's okay because Rav Ashi's opinion is the first opinion, which is the biggest thing of here is to ensure that we don't make the mistake of thinking you can use Yom Tev as a prep day for the next, for the next day. But you should fulfill Rava's objective, which is that the Erev Tavshilin should endorse your Shabbos and therefore ideally keep it and eat it on Shabbos. And now it makes great sense to us why the suggestion that you keep the bread of the Erev all the way to the third meal is something the Alter Rebbe sees only as being relevant for the Erev Tavshilin and irrelevant to the Erev Chatzeres. Why? As we explained earlier, if you go with Rava's view 
which the Alter considers an important factor, that the Erev Tavshin should endorse and give dignity to Shabbos, and that means that using the Erev as part of your meal on Shabbos is part of how you remember Shabbos through the Erev Tavshin. Then the longer or the more I can use the Erev Tavshin over the course of Shabbos, by the Eshet Tzvei Lechem Mishnah on Friday night and Shabbos morning as part of the Lechem Mishnah and by the Dritte Lif Tzayolov and Shabbos afternoon to actually eat it then I'm only highlighting and emphasizing the remembering Shabbos even more Every time we eat part of the food of Shabbos which was prepared on Yom Tov how do we prepare on Yom Tov? Because of this Erev we're actually saying not only was this food prepared on Yontav thanks to the Erev, but the Erev is endorsing Shabbos every single, every single time we eat that food because the Erev accompanies it through all the meals. In other words, as long as you keep that Erev Tafshilin bread at each meal, including the last one, the Suda Shlishis, then we have linked the Erev Tavshirin, which is supposed to make us remember Shabbos. We've linked that to everything that was necessary in the food preparation of Shabbos. All the way to the very last preparation, which of course plays out in the very last meal. Now where is that relevant? Because there is a whole segment of understanding what an Erev Tavshilin is as a means of remembering Shabbos. It makes sense. Keep it as in the Shabbos as much as possible. But when you're talking about an Erev when nothing about Erev Chatzeros is to help us remember and endorse Shabbos, there's no practical reason to keep the, the bread of the Erev Chatzeris all the way to the third meal because the third meal is technically not required. In fact, it makes more sense to use that bread as the Lechem Mishnah for the daytime meal where it can actually fulfill another mitzvah because the whole logic to keep it is to do more mitzvahs. Where will you do more mitzvahs? At the Shabbos daytime meal more than the Suda Shlishis meal. Because the daytime meal, everybody agrees, requires bread. Beautiful halachic insight. What's the lesson? The chiluk tzvishin Shabbos and Yontiv is mavur in Zohar. The Zohar makes a very interesting distinction between the na- nature of the holiness of Shabbos and Yontiv as follows: Shabbos vetongruf and kodesh. Shabbos is called holy. On Yontiv is mikro ei kodesh. Yontav announces the potential for holiness. So the Zohar explains, Yontav is a day that we invite or we draw into a space that was not already holy, we make it holy. So Shabbos is always on the seventh day of the week, whether we do anything or not, it's always going to be holy. Yontav, we have to, uh, we have to see the new moon, announce Rosh Chodesh, and then we turn an ordinary weekday into Shabbos, we bring holiness into the space. Das heißt, men is mazm dem man von in other words, we're bringing holiness into an environment, into a time that in and of itself was actually an ordinary day. Where Shabbos is holy, because Shabbos is holy. doesn't need us. In other words, the day of a yontav in and of itself is related to and belongs to the mundane part of the world. 
Und die Avoide von Moya de Hashem Ashetikru Oisam, the Avoide of Yontav, which is days that we, Tikru Oisam is read, Atem, we will designate Eden Dafka, specifically Jewish people, to become Yontav. That means that our job on Yontav is to bring the holiness into the space. So by making the date on the calendar and then on the date, as the day of Yontav should be not just eating like, uh, like everybody else eats, eating meals in a holy fashion, as the, as the expression goes. Says, a tzaddik eats to satisfy his neshama. That's the kind of eating we need to work to achieve on Yom Tov. So therefore Shabbos, which is a day that's holy inherently, it's a day that is absolutely holy and cannot produce anything of a wasteful nature. But on Yom Tov, if we don't serve Hashem as we're meant to, even if it's an individual who doesn't serve Hashem as the person is meant to, even though the basin said it's Yom Tov. They don't need you, right? It's Yom Tov whether you like it or not. But if a person, an individual, does not behave on Yom Tov like he should, is, as the Pasuk says, he could produce out of his Yom Tov waste matter. And the Gemara says clearly, The concept of producing, of producing uh, waste is something which is only shy, can only happen on a Yontav, not on a Shabbos. Sorry, not the Gemara, the Zayar says. Um, so it's a day, Shabbos is a day that doesn't have waste, Yontav is a day that does have waste, therefore Yontav is a, you have to be a tzaddik in order to be able to eat in a way that fills the neshama. So what's the distinction between Shabbos and Yontav? Shabbos has holiness intrinsically, Yontav has holiness if we're doing what we're supposed to. This is quite similar to what the Alter Rebbe says about the two different approaches of how a person uh, creates nachas for Hashem. So one of the ways is by taking something that was negative and transforming it, taking a weekday, turning it into Yom like having a food product that uh, of its own accord is too bitter or sharp to eat and it has to be somehow cured. Or like Shabbos, which is a day where there is no bad, and that's like a food product that is naturally sweet. So the distinction between Shabbos and Yontav is Shabbos does not need us in order to have value, power, and spiritual uh, potency. Yontav does. With that in mind, we can re-explore the two possible reasons about why you have an area of Tavshilin in the first place. If you go with Rav Ashi's opinion, which is we're scared that people might abuse Yom Tov, so we need the area of Tavshilin to protect the dignity of Yom Tov. Whereas we've mentioned the entire, the entire concept of area of Tavshilin was to avoid something negative. Whereas Rava's opinion, which is the whole purpose of Erev Tavshin, is to strengthen and endorse Shabbos, which is something positive. Because Yom Tev is a day where we're engaging the part of the world that is naturally mundane and we're making it holy, 
Then Rav Ashi's view, which is that the area of Tavshilin protects Yomtev, will fit into the broader picture of what Yomtev is all about. So we're trying to protect something which is naturally inclined to the negative because it's a naturally weak daytime. And therefore we have to protect it by making sure nobody abuses Yomtev. Whereas Rav's opinion, which is the area of Tavshilin, is all there about strengthening and endorsing Shabbos. Where Shabbos is intrinsically holy and is removed from and beyond anything of the daytime mundane realities. It's nothing to worry about, there's nothing to avoid, there's nothing to protect. The only thing that a person could ever do to disturb Shabbos is to break Shabbos. That's why it's called Chilul from the word Chol, taking something which was holy and making it like it's mundane. So if our focus is Shabbos and Erev Tavshinin is to add value to Shabbos, what is Shabbos about? Shabbos is a day of goodness and holiness and light, so it's to increase goodness and holiness and light. And that will give us a deeper insight. A deeper insight into why the Alter Rebbe quoted Rava's opinion and Ravashi's opinion in the reverse order of how they were brought in the Gemara. Ravashi he brings first. Where the Alter Rebbe first speaks about the importance of protecting the dignity of Yom Tev, but then speaks about increasing the dignity of Shabbos. Why? Because he's talking about how a person progresses in their spiritual development. The beginning of a person's spiritual development, and therefore brought as the first reason is the first step of spiritual development is avoiding those things that are toxic. Just like you avoid the mundanity of time by creating a yontif, a space of holiness. So the first thing you focus on is to strengthen the yontif elements of your service of Hashem. Then you can graduate to the more advanced way that you serve Hashem, which is to add more Shabbos in the world, which is doing the positive. That also explains, by the way, why the Alter Rebbe says, What should you keep in mind? You can fulfill your obligation of Erev Tavshilin only thinking along the lines of Rav Ashi, and you could actually eat the food on Yom Tov. But ideally, you should consider Rav's opinion and make that your focus. But if you miss it, you're still kosher. Which, of course, would be Rav Ashi's opinion. The one thing every one of us has to apply at all times and all spaces, and if we don't apply it, we're we're losing our whole Judaism. Is avoidance of that which is unhealthy. Every single Jew, without exception, has to avoid the things that Torah forbids. But to reach a point where there is no, no possibility of something negative, everything is beautiful, everything is pure, and not just that I act in a way that is correct, but that there is no possibility of bad, most people are not going to get there. And the river 
is in ir nitod inyum from leikuva. Therefore, it's not something which is required. And that would be similar to the difference between a tzaddik and a benini. Every person can be a benini. Not everybody can be or should be a tzaddik. And like every person can practice iskafe, which is avoidance of the negative, not everybody can succeed in isapcha, which is the transformation of negative into positive. So le'ikuva, what is the, the red line that nobody should cross? Is sumera. In the first instance, you should follow the opinion of Rava and try and infuse that into your service of Hashem. Meaning, it's explained in multiple places in Chassidus. If we want our iskafia, our avoidance of negative behaviors or thoughts, to be as healthy as possible, we have to have at least a little bit of somewhere in our spiritual development where we also transform negative into positive, even if it's occasional. You hear similar language from the Rebbe Rashab and Kuntra Say when he speaks about Yehuda Law, which is the supreme level of absolute oneness with Hashem, that there's nothing else besides Hashem. Versus Yehuda Tato, which is the idea of things uniting with Hashem. If you're at the Yehuda Ilah level, then the way you're working with the world is you're transforming negative to positive. And as long as you're still at the Yehuda Tato level, then the way you're working with the world is Iskafia, staying away from the negative. Says the Rebbe if you want your avoider at the level of Yehuda Tato to be proper, you've got to have some Yehuda Ilah work in your life. I feel it Even if it's something you really can never actually experience for real, and certainly not in a consistent way. So, what should our aspiration be? Is hapcha to be something of a tzaddik to have an experience of Yehudilah? That too is my Moshef Nochayinian. Then the Alter Rebbe adds something else. As nit no daf min zechneig zani chatchila lefitama beis. Not only is the ideal aspiration to at least have some taste of tzaddik in our lives, but there's a minag brought in Shulchan Aruch which tells you it's a very solid minag. That we're supposed to keep the Erev Tavshilin all the way to the third meal at the end of Shabbos. Why is that relevant? Because because has two opposite concepts that live together. The Erev Great Mensu Erev Yomtev. On the one hand, in order to prepare an Erev Tavshilin, it has to be not only before Shabbos, but before Yomtev. Right at the very beginning of our spiritual development, when we haven't even begun the Avoida represented by Yomtev, we haven't even yet begun Surmeira. That's where the Erev Tavshilin begins. Yet what does it show us? That every one of us has the potential even before we've begun our process of spiritual development to greaten sich that we can have a focus and a preparation 
need not Sadaga Shabbos Bichlal. Not only that we can reach the level of Shabbos, which is the level of the Tzaddik. So we haven't even begun the Avoida of a Benoni. And yet our focus already is what? The Suda Shlish is looking at Shabbos, looking at achieving a Tzaddik like experience. And not just Shabbos, need not Sadaga Shabbos Bichlal. But our focus and aspiration is to reach the river deriving the highest level of Shabbos, the highest level of Tzaddik. Even though you can say, but, but, but I'm just starting out. I'm a rookie. I don't know what I'm doing. By doing something practically that is associated with Shabbos, the Sudashlishes. That will help the person that where they are at their stage of avoider, which could be very rudimentary, it will be done in the best, most wholesome way. And that will bring a person to a higher level of commitment to Hashem and a higher level until eventually a level that we could never have imagined possible.